Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. I'm your host, Ari Mizell, and this is episode 388. Thank you for those of you who've been listening for a really long time. This is the, uh, I think, eighth year that I've been doing the podcast, and I know that because the second episode was the I'm a Dad podcast, where I talked about my first son, Ben, being born, who's now seven. So I'm pretty sure this is the eighth year I've been doing the podcast, and it's been a lot of fun. If you like what I talk about and what you hear here, please take a moment to go over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review and subscribe. It really helps me know that what I'm talking about is interesting and valuable and keeps us up in the rankings so that other people can discover it as well. What I want to talk about today is time tracking. So a lot of people when they're talking about business issues and problems, they come to me and my team with the solution rather than the problem. I've talked about this before in previous episodes, but a typical thing somebody will come to and they'll come to us and say, what's the best CRM or customer relationship management tool for those who don't know? Uh, and my answer is typically, well, what do you need a CRM for? And they don't always have a good answer for it. So a lot of times people will hear that something is a good idea. Uh, they'll want that thing, and they'll think that that thing is the answer to all of their problems. And rarely is that ever the case. And oftentimes, that kind of thinking actually gets you into a deeper problem than you originally had. So processes and automations are two of those particular things. And it's one of the you know main couple sort of areas of focus that I have. The whole methodology of less doing is to optimize, then automate, then outsource. A lot of people have heard me say optimize, automate, outsource. They've heard it many, many times, but it's really optimize, then automate, then outsource. We always want to do it in that particular order. And there's a very specific reason. If you are producing a result that you want, so you're making sales, you're creating a product, you're uh, delivering a product, you are... Uh, paying people on payroll, you're doing social media marketing, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're getting the result that you want, no matter how dirty it is, no matter how inefficient, how long it takes, how much manpower, how many mistakes there might be, if you're getting to the result that you want, that's something that we can work with. Because what that means is that you have an inefficient process, but you're still getting to the, you know, the, the, the pot at the end of the rainbow, as it were. And we can work backwards from that to optimize it first, then automate what's left, and then outsource anything that's left over. The problem comes when somebody says, oh, uh, you know, I want this, I want a great automated hiring process. And we have to start by saying, well, are you hiring well now? You know, if you're hiring people that you're not happy with now, then automating that process is not going to make it better. It's just going to make you hire bad people faster with less effort, but you're still going to end up with bad people. The same way that if somebody's doing social media marketing and they're posting, you know, 50 times a week on seven different platforms and they want to automate that, you can certainly do that. But if nobody's reading their posts, nobody's sharing them, they're not getting engagement, they're not driving new leads, then what is the point? So this is the, the, what I'm trying to do is illustrate the importance of optimizing first. And the, the most basic form of optimization is time tracking. Yeah time tracking. It's one of those things that we talk about all the time, or not we, but people talk about it all the time about tracking their time, but they rarely actually do it. 
And the funny thing is, is that when you talk to somebody who you ask them how they're doing or what they're up to or what they're doing, and they're just saying, I'm so, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. They probably couldn't tell you in detail how they're actually spending their time. And if they could, they are probably underestimating or misreading how they're actually spending their time. Most people think that they spend, uh, you know, hours and hours on email or in meetings. And usually it's some fraction of that. Uh, although an email is an interesting example because I think the average uh, worker spends 3.1 hours per day on email. But a lot of people would tell you they're spending the whole day on email. Some people think that they're reading all day long. Uh, a lot of lawyers or finance people might be in that position. Uh, and But there are other things that come up. There are pockets of time where they're doing more or less of those things. And we naturally will batch activities as human beings. We, just, we, we try to put things in buckets as much as possible. But that is sort of the definition of overwhelm, right? We're so overwhelmed, we're so underwater that we can't see the horizon. We don't know what we're actually doing that's causing the overwhelm. So we have to start with time tracking. And uh, there's two sort of elements to look at here. One is the different times of day that actually are better and worse for you to do certain kinds of things, starting with something called peak time. And the other one is the actual just time tracking itself. So with peak time, it's a uh, a lot of research on this. There is a 90-minute period in the day for every one of us, and it's different for most people, when you are two to 100 times more effective than any other time of the day. And by effective in this context, they mean that you are more able to easily drop into a flow state and really get into your work. Now, for me, that happens to be between 10 and noon, which is great, but I've seen it at 4 in the afternoon, 11 o'clock at night, for some people, 5 in the morning. And there's a couple different ways to determine it, but we actually have created an app years ago now called the Less Doing Peak Time app. You can download it on iPhone or Android, and it's a totally free app. And what it does is you tap on the screen with uh, one, or your right hand or your left hand, doesn't really matter. Just keep it consistent. And a few times a day, you tap on the screen as fast as you can for 10 seconds. And what this is called is the Central Nervous System Tap Test, and it is an extremely accurate corollary to the health and recovery state of your nervous system. And what this app will do over a period of a couple days is average it out and identify for you what it thinks your peak time is. It's pretty cool stuff. And if you do nothing else but protect that time and don't fill it with busy work or stuff, try to do your highest and best work during the time, you're massive, you'll, you'll see a massive increase in your productivity. Once you identify your peak time, then you can start to identify other times a day that you do certain things better than others. Now, when it comes to time tracking itself, there's a couple different ways to get that done. Uh, my current favorite is a physical device called the Timular. Now, the Timular is, if anybody was ever a Dungeons & Dragons fan, it looks sort of like the 12-sided die that you would use in that game. Uh, it's it's a 8-sided uh, die, so an octahedron, I believe. And you mark each side with a different activity. So it might be finances or coaching or sales calls or meetings or coffee, whatever you want to call it. And whenever you're doing any particular activity, you flip it so that that thing is facing up. And it's connected by Bluetooth to your phone and or your computer, and it will track your time. It's elegantly simple. Uh, and what I like about it the best is that, first of all, it stops you. It makes it almost impossible to multitask, right? Because if you want to do something else, you have to flip the, the cube and you're sort of naturally going to stop yourself. You don't want to be flipping that cube back and forth every two minutes. In addition, 
the physical connection, which we rarely get with a lot of our digital tools, that physical connection of picking up the block and changing it over sort of signals your brain like, okay, I'm stopping phone calls now and I'm getting down to writing. So I really love the timular. Uh, and, and what I'm going to talk about first here is the, the way that you interact with these particular tools. The next one is called Timely. Uh, and Timely, uh, T-I-M-E-L-Y, is the only really, really automatic uh, time tracker that I've ever played around with. It's very, very cool. Um, so what it does is that it will automatically, it uses this, this module called memory, you put it on your computer. So it'll track everything you're doing completely automatically, like what uh, apps you're using, what websites you're visiting. And then you can see it in calendar view and you can actually associate activities with particular tasks. So if you uh, are working on a PowerPoint presentation and then you go to a website that's based on research or whatever, when you review that time and it shows you those two activities, you can put those together as part of the, you know, the Sanderson project, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's probably the easiest and most accurate time tracker I've seen. If you want to get really manual about it, then you can use a great tool called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L, which is what a lot of freelance workers use. And it's really, it's like a punch clock. You know, you hit the time you start and you hit the time you're done. And then you just associate that with a task or project. A lot more manual but also allows you for the most control allows for the most control. And then the last one is rescue time, which is sort of the old gold standard. And what rescue time does is really nice. It's also automatic. It's a lot less detailed than timely might be, but it also allows you to deploy it to an entire team of people and figure out some really interesting analytics from it. Whatever you use, the point is, is that look at how you're actually spending your time and then try to adjust. And the first adjustment that you want to make is reducing the switching costs that happens from working on a task for a few minutes here, a few minutes there. If you can batch activities together. So for example, if you find that you're checking email, you know, 15 minutes every hour, which is not unreasonable or unlikely, you might be better off checking it for a full half hour, you know, three times a day or four times a day, whatever it might be, instead of switching back and forth between those different tasks. But the truth is at the end of the day, just knowing how you're spending your time will make it so that you can start to shift things and become more productive. The antidote to stress in many situations is control, and control of your time should not be overlooked. So start tracking your time and figure out where you can become more efficient and begin to optimize, automate, and outsource. Now, if you like this information. If you find this valuable, again, please go leave us a review, but also go to less.do slash apply and find out about the various programs that we have from free to significant investments to make sure that you can become more replaceable in your business. See you next time.